Hello and welcome to episode 501 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Saturday, Our Lady's Day. Every Saturday is the Blessed Mother's Day, April 15th, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with St. Alphonsus Liguri's Saturday prayer to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain her patronage. O my most holy mother, I see the graces which thou hast obtained for me, and I see the ingratitude of which I have been guilty towards thee. An ungrateful soul is no longer worthy of favors, but I will not on this account distrust of thy mercy, which is greater than my ingratitude. O my great advocate, pity me. Thou dispensest all the graces which God grants to us miserable creatures, and for this purpose he has made thee so powerful, so rich, and so benign. He has done so that thou mightest succor us in our miseries. Ah, mother of mercy, leave me not in my poverty. Thou art the advocate of the most miserable and guilty criminals who have recourse to thee. Defend me also who recommend myself to thee. Say not that my cause is too difficult to be gained, for all causes, however desperate, when defended by thee, are gained. In thy hands, then, do I place my eternal salvation. To thee do I entrust my soul. It was lost. Thou, then, by thy intercession, hast to save it. I wish to be inscribed amongst thy most devoted servants. Reject me not. Thou seekest the miserable to relieve them. Abandon me not, who am a wretched sinner, and who have recourse to thee. Speak for me. Thy son does all that thou askest him. Take me under thy protection. That is all that I ask. Yes. For if thou protectest me, I fear nothing. I do not fear my sins, for thou wilt obtain a remedy for the evil they have done me. I do not fear the devils, for thou art more powerful than all hell. I do not even fear Jesus, my judge himself, for by a single prayer of thine he is appeased. I only fear that by my negligence I may cease to recommend myself to thee and thus be lost. It is true that these graces are too great for me, who have not deserved them, but they are not too great for thee, who art so much loved by God. Hence he grants thee all that thou askest. Thou hast only to speak, and he denies thee nothing. Pray then to Jesus for me. Tell him that thou protectest me, and then he is sure to pity me. My mother, in thee do I trust, and this hope I shall live in peace, and in it I wish to die. Live, Jesus, our love, and Mary, our hope. May all the words that I speak be so many arrows dipped in the blood of thy sacred heart, O Jesus, to pierce the hearts of all who hear them with love for thee. Amen. Holy face of Jesus of the veil of Veronica, Dear Lord, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer these prayers in reparation for the sins which most offend God in our times, blasphemy, the profanation of Sunday and holy days, and communism. Pater Noster, quies in celis, sanctificator nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panam nostrum quotidianum de nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, Sicut et nos dimitibus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libra nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tu, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et enor mortis nostrae. Amen. Gloria Patri, et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto, sicut erat in principio, et nunc et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. The Golden Arrow Prayer. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most mysterious and unutterable name of God be praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and in the hells. 
by all God's creatures, and by the sacred heart of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. For the defeat of communists, Freemasons, and all revolutionary men. Eternal Father, I offer thee the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and all the instruments of his holy passion, that thou mayest put division in the camp of thy enemies. For as thy beloved Son hath said, a kingdom divided against itself shall fall. Eternal Father, we offer thee the holy face of Jesus, covered with blood, sweat, dust, and spittle, in reparation for the crimes of communists, blasphemers, and for the profaners of the holy name and of the holy day of Sunday. Amen. Friends, before we begin the article we're going to discuss today, I would ask that you kindly head on over to Apple Podcasts, if you haven't already done so, and give a five-star rating and review to the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. If you think we are worthy of it, that really does help. Also, a five-star rating and review. Uh, Any place you're listening to this, word of mouth, of course, we'd like to get the word out there about Our Lady's podcast. I tell people this is the Blessed Mother's podcast. I am merely the host. Let's spread the word. Let's tell people how much the Blessed Mother loves them, how much Jesus loves them, how much St. Joseph loves them, and that Catholicism is the one true faith, and our Heavenly Father wants you to be a part of his family. Today's article is from traditionsanity.substack.com, traditionsanity.substack.com. And it is the new blog from Peter Kwasniewski, his Tradition and Sanity blog. And this was initially published a couple days ago on Thursday, April 13th. And he's a wonderful theologian, um, composer of sacred music, philosopher, um, just a, an, a remarkable apologist for our Lord Jesus Christ and his church. And this is uh, Dr. Kwasniewski's first article from his new blog. It's entitled, Why Here and Why Now? In the face of unprecedented attacks on Catholic doctrine, morality, and liturgy, there's never been a better time to say, what happened? And where do we go from here? He begins by saying, Serexit Dominus Ware, Alleluia. A hearty Easter welcome to my readers. I'm glad you're here. Like the start of Advent and the first day of the calendar year, Easter too is a time of newness, a God-given moment to consider what needs to be renewed or newly ventured as year by year, we think of how we might serve the Lord more fully with what he has given us. The fundamental principle behind the substack is that which Benedict XVI enunciated on July 7th, 2007. In other words, 7707. What earlier generations held as sacred remains sacred and great for us too. And it cannot be all of a sudden entirely forbidden or even considered harmful. It behooves all of us to preserve the riches which have developed in the church's faith and prayer and to give them their proper place. From Con Grande Fiducia. I call this the sacred and great principle. To my mind, it covers far more than liturgy, even if liturgy is the still point, the axis around which Catholicism revolves. Both here on earth and in the world to come, where the lamb once slain, bearing his glorified wounds, receives the homage of all creation and offers its worship, gathered into his heart to the Father Almighty. No, the principle goes well beyond this, permeating the whole of reality. All of the riches that have developed in the church's faith and prayer, indeed all of the riches that have developed beneath her protecting mantle and under the shadow of her wing, the fine arts, the great music, 
architecture, painting, sculpture, and poetry, the luxuriant garden of patristics, the towering fortresses of scholastic philosophy and theology, the schools of spirituality, devotions of every sort, the other modern that consists of fruitful engagements with tradition, the nearly infinite ramifications of the multitudinous epiphenomena of Catholicism. Yes, it behooves us to preserve all of this, to ponder what is good, noble, true, right, beautiful, and holy, and to give it a proper place in our hearts, in our churches, in our world. Roots, branches, and flowers. This is not a form of the recently much maligned backwardism, but on the contrary, a commitment to fruitfulness, since no fruit can be expected from a tree cut off from its roots or its branches. Our commitment to the great inheritance of faith and reason that is Catholicism is a matter of fidelity to the gifts and calling of God, which are irrevocable. What was sacred remains sacred and great. What was true remains true. And so with all the treasures we have received. Receiving and handing on is the natural way in which man lives as a rational, social, linguistic animal. Engendering a society and simultaneously a culture at the heart of it. And since grace builds upon nature, the same is true of the Christian life. We live as members of the mystical body by receiving gifts and handing them on. That, in fact, is the Marian way of life. This process of receiving and handing on has been violently assaulted in modernity. I will be writing plenty about this in the future, but let it suffice for the moment to say that what was self-evident to all civilizations and all societies, the rightness of receiving and handing on, has been called into question and decisively rejected, not only in the secular world, emerging out of the Reformation and the Age of Revolutions, but also, appallingly, in the Catholic Church on Earth, where tradition plays a constitutive role in our beliefs, our life, our ideals and aspirations, our mission and purpose our self-understanding and basic identity. McIntyre rightly spoke of tradition-constituted rationality, and it is no less correct to speak of tradition-constituted religion, for religion is that which binds us to each other and to God in continuity with his revelation and his providential guidance. A New Direction and Environment I've been writing an explanation and defense of Catholic tradition for decades now, although the rate has picked up considerably over the last 10 years. I started writing regularly for New Liturgical Movement in 2013 and for 1 Peter 5 in 2014, and that same year published my first book in defense of the traditional Latin Mass, and even more so in the past five years since 2018, when I left my academic post at Wyoming Catholic College to become a full-time writer and speaker and continuing my work as a composer of sacred choral music. The more rabidly secular and ecclesiastical figures attack all that is sacred and great, the more intense is my desire to explain, defend, and promote it across multiple media, books, articles, lectures, interviews, social media, and music. And certainly I am not alone in this deeply necessary and thrilling work as we joyfully witness the wonderful renaissance of Catholic thought and culture taking place all around us in the most unlikely places, unlikely, that is, from a modernist point of view. 
While I will continue to contribute to New Liturgical Movement, 1 Peter 5, Catholic Family News, Latin Mass Magazine, and other websites and periodicals, I came to the realization that there are topics and angles of topics that I'd like to be free to explore in ways more interdisciplinary, more inquisitive, and open-ended, more personal, at times more daring, than might be suited for a collective endeavor. What you can expect to find here. There will be, as you would have guessed, much about liturgy, and this means, for example, showing why the traditional, that is, Tridentine or pre-55 Roman Rite, is essentially perfect in what it does and how it does it, commenting on the propers of the Mass and on Gregorian chants, comparing aspects of Old and New Rites and of Eastern and Western Rites. But I also intend to share my passion for classical music, from Periton to Part, for great works of art by both masters and living artists, and favorite poetry from Beowulf to T.S. Eliot. I will delve into philosophical problems and Thomistic disputes. My doctorate is in philosophy, and my first love has always been Aquinas. The first books I ever published as editor and as commentator were on the Angelic Doctor, and more recently, a Maeus academic brought out my work on the ecstasy of love and the thought of Thomas Aquinas. And if I might interject for a moment, I've read some of that. It's very deep intellectually. You have to take your time in going through it, and I look forward to reading the rest of it. Dr. K continues by saying, I will open up cultural inquiries, comparing, for example, Roger Scruton and Elaine de Botton on how styles of architecture communicate different worldviews. I will talk about my experiences as a Catholic in the modern world and in the traditionalist world. You can expect frank and forthright commentary on the liturgy and on what is happening in the church essays on timeless truths and perennial principles, forays into the fine arts, especially music, poetry, and architecture. It looks like I've just given myself license to write about nearly anything and everything. Whatever I write on, I will be engaging it with all the resources at my disposal. From a traditional Catholic's perspective, I hope to make it truly worth your time to receive my weekly email. The State of Affairs the attack on both sanity and tradition has accelerated in recent years. In both the political sphere, one need only think, for instance, of the sheer insanity of the transgender movement with children mutilated day by day in service of who knows what dark gods, and especially in the ecclesiastical sphere, where it is quite enough to mention the Orwellian phrase traditionis custodes to illustrate the point. It is no hyperbole to say that the battle over the soul of the West and the soul of the church, these are always intertwined, has reached fever pitch. There is more need than ever to deepen, refine, and invigorate our understanding of the traditional Catholic faith so that we may love it more and live it better. More need than ever for an intra-ecclesial apologetics that defends the roots and branches from the modernist machinery that would lop them off and pulp them to bits. I spoke about this recently at Crisis Magazine, conundrums about interpretation, what is a Catholic to do, and a hyperlink is given. Is this site a shady deal? As for the name of this substack, I had toyed with all sorts of possibilities, including the cute Roman cannonade, the cringy trad to the bone, the poetic root, branch, and flower, the inside ball, receive and approved, return to form, the biblical, ancient paths, 
songs in a strange land, by the rivers of Babylon, trumpet in Zion, and so forth. Needless to say, where Peter is was already taken. But my mind kept going back to the solid simplicity and forthrightness of tradition and sanity. Readers may recognize the playful homage it pays to Frank Sheed's Theology and Sanity. And I can jump in again. I've read Theology and Sanity. It is wonderful. I also gave it to a friend who was uh, a young adult group leader years ago, and he loved it too. Theology and Sanity by Frank Sheed, highly recommended. Dr. K continues by saying, in his day, the rapidly vanishing sanity of the Western world at large demanded the potent medicine of straight-up Thomism. In our day, things are worse, for it is the Catholic Church that seems to be rapidly losing its sanity. There is only one way for it to recover and retain soundness of mind and heart, a resolute recovery, or better, restoration of tradition. Tradition in its fullness everywhere and for everyone. Some may recognize the title of a book of mine from 2018, consisting of real interviews and fictional dialogues. Once again, a hyperlink is given. When I floated this title with some friends, one of them, Mark, wrote the following. It is true, and it is fitting. It describes the feature, tradition, and the benefit, sanity, that follow when one reads your work and interacts with you. Thank you for saying that, and I hope it will prove to be your experience here. We can all use a lot more sanity in our lives, and my claim is that we are going to find it, together with opportunities for sanctity in our Roman Catholic tradition. If you're a Greek Catholic, you will find it in the Byzantine tradition, and so on, for anyone who belongs to an ancient living tradition. Let's begin. I will aim to keep my posts fairly short, more or less like regular online articles. My goal is to publish a new post each week on Thursday, the day we honor our Lord in the most blessed sacrament, the heart of the heart of the church's life, the holy sacrifice of the mass. I may down the road increase the post to twice a week, but it's more realistic to begin with a guaranteed weekly post. While I'm building a solid base of readership as I gauge interest, all my posts here will be available to everyone for free. Please consider becoming a patron of this site. The help, truth be told, is needed and will be much appreciated. After some time and without decreasing the open content, I may begin to introduce additional special items for subscribers only, exclusive articles, previews of forthcoming books, access to the transcripts of lectures, and so forth. Again, I am committed to keeping my Thursday posts free to everyone. I'm eager to hear from readers with your reactions and ideas. I will make a point of writing back to you. Once again, welcome. And please tell your family and friends about tradition and sanity. God bless you and yours through this Eastertide and beyond. Serexit Dominus de Sepulcro, qui pro nobis, pependit in ligno, alleluia. The Lord who hung for us on the wood has risen from the tomb, alleluia. So I highly recommend you check out that blog and make a donation to support his work if you think it's worthwhile. Friends, once again, located at traditionsanity.substack.com. That's traditionsanity.substack.com. The wonderful Dr. Peter Kwasniewski will be holding court there. I like to get good information out to people, um, support either with donations or tuning in to um, enhance your own faith and help others to do the same. 
try to grow in our love for our Lord Jesus Christ. So I like to mention good apologists like Dr. Kwasniewski, Mr. Kennedy Hall, Dr. Taylor Marshall. There are so many others. Um, Mr. Timothy S. Flanders, uh, Mr. Eric Sammons, who are defending the apostolic faith, um, as doc, as excuse me, Father David Nix says, the traditional faith he calls the the apostolic faith. We need to get back to basics. We need to get back to pre-Vatican II Catholicism. We need to get back to traditional Latin Mass or divine liturgy. We need to pray the Rosary every single day. Tradition works, my friends. Tradition is good. Tradition is beautiful. Tradition is right. Tradition will lead us personally and the culture at large back to our Lord Jesus Christ and the one true faith. I truly believe that. Let's mention in conclusion, helping autism through learning and outreach available on the web at halo-soma.org. That's halo-soma.org and also episode 277 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast in which I interview my magnificent niece and my equally magnificent sister about RPM, an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, which helps non-speakers to communicate. If you have non-speakers in your family, you know friends who have non-speakers in their family, please get them this information. We didn't even know my niece's favorite color before the age of eight when she became adept with my sister and my brother-in-law at RPM. We now know that she's a comprehensive genius. She's working on an oratorio right now. Uh, she is skilled at so many different things and we would not have known any of this were it not for a rapid prompting method. So let's get the word out there and let's pray for help and for healing for non-speaking friends and family members because communication is a human right. Almighty and eternal God, healer of those who trust in you, through the intercession of St. Raphael Archangel, hear my prayer for non-speakers and their families. In your tender mercy, restore them to spiritual and bodily health, that they may give you thanks, praise your name, and proclaim your wondrous love to all. I ask this through Christ your Son, our Lord. Amen. The Prayer of St. Louis de Montfort. Hail, Joseph the Just, wisdom is with you. Blessed are you among all men, and blessed is Jesus, the fruit of Mary, your faithful spouse. Holy Joseph, worthy foster father of Jesus Christ, pray for us sinners and obtain divine wisdom for us from God now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The three Hail Marys in honor of the immaculate purity of Our Lady of Fatima. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. And a Gloria Patri for a very special intention. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, Sicut erat in principio, et nunc, et semper, et in secula seculorum. Amen. Sweet heart of Mary, be the salvation of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States of America, Canada, and the whole world. 
Virgo potens, Ora Pernobis, Sancti Yosef, Terra Daimonam, Ora Pernobis, Sancta Raphael Archangeli, Ora Pernobis, In Nomina Patris, Et Fili, Et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to episode 501 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. Follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. Most importantly, offer up prayers and sacrifices for our Catholic bishops. They need your help. Goodbye and God love you.